Boom. Boom. There shame. we go. <laughs> shame we didn't have the old. Should we, listeners? We this is our second <laughs> attempt recording it. We had this really good goof about boom being our catchphrase. I was going to suggest we reenact it, but I don't think we can recreate the magic um, of that first boom. No, but then but then Zoom decided to to not work for us. Yeah, a Zoom boom, one might say. Yeah, it was it was rough, but we survived. We've shifted our platform. And now it works. So that's the important thing. To a, to a nondescript uh, video service provider. You're listening to Ketchup Cast the podcast where, believe it or not, we do not discuss condiments. So how's it going, Isaac? I'm doing okay. It's, uh, it's spotting showers out there at un- unpredictable intervals. Yeah, on and off, like, coming. downpours, yeah. Yeah. Did you get caught? Almost. I was, I was being creative and niche, and I was going <laughs> to practice using my camp stove to make lunch today. Um, rain. And then it, it, I finished my sandwich and came inside just in time. That's incredibly lucky. Yeah. Uh, I was in my mother's car in line at Dunkin' Donuts, and just as we rolled down the window to get our food, the rain just poured <laughs> down. So we were a little less lucky. But Well, that's fun. You know, we need. It, it's been super hot here lately, and I don't yeah. know how I feel about it. It's been like unpleasantly, painfully hot. Yeah, I guess I'm just not ready for it. No, look, it snowed this month. Like we've the, had snow and the, 90 degree the weather incredible in the same month. <laughs> variance in in weather is ridiculous. You start to get yeah. used to one, and then how have you been uh, dealing with the heat? What's your strategy to survive? Um, not going out in the middle of the day. So, like, if I go for a run, or if I if I do yard work or whatever, doing that in the evening or doing that in the morning. Which usually doesn't happen in the morning because I'm lazy and yeah, waking up's no and, fun. Yeah, of course you wake up in a tent, so you probably get woken up by the sun, right? I do, yeah. So my sleep cycle has stayed actually fairly constant throughout this. Uh, I'm jealous. Throughout this quarantine, <laughs> my sleep schedule's a mess. But yeah, or I, I guess the schedule sort of shifted, and now I I fall asleep at disgustingly late hours and wake up at disgustingly late hours. So it's like the same time frame that I'm asleep for. It's just shifted. The thing about Waking up with the sun, though, is that the sun gets up earlier and earlier every day now. So, uh, what used to be like nine o'clock, you know, bright and sunny and birds are chirping, is now like seven thirty in the morning. Maybe not that drastic, but it feels that drastic. So, um, yes, <laughs> that's my own shift in sleep schedules, I suppose. But yeah, and you're all finished up, right? Yeah, the school. As of almost two weeks ago now. What about you? I I am done as well. Roll that commencement music. Adults. 
I don't think there's anything. There's no such thing as a real adult. That's a, no, that's it's a all lie. adulthood's a sham. Yeah, adulthood is, is a false concept of capitalism. I think childhood's a very clearly defined period. Yeah. Once you hit eighteen, it's all it. It's it's just this nebulous, unclear, shit show. I guess is the best word for adulthood. That's fair. Yeah. Any uh, any pompom circumstance for your um. For your graduation. Are we talking the song? Or are we talking ceremonial <laughs> stuff? Because the pomp and circumstance, the hit classic, did not actually play. No. Which was interesting. You haven't heard it yet. No. That's what we have to roll. That's definitely that's definitely public domain. Yeah. Maybe that'll be our intro music this episode. <laughs> it should be. Oh my and I'll mean, do like an announcement. You're, you're the one wearing a tie. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. A flannel tie, which maybe isn't normal flannel tie when it's 80 degrees out it, it's a nice looking tie look at it are you but but no it, it's a good looking tie i don't know i don't know what what your school did my school had a little like video thing the president gave a speech uh the student speaker who i guess was voted for i don't remember voting for a student speaker <laughs> which maybe is on me for not reading my email uh, but she spoke, and then we had a surprise guest to give a little commencement speech, and it was none other than, and I've talked about meeting him before on this podcast, Steve Carell. Wow. Uh, so I got to see my buddy Steve again. Still don't know what color minions are in real life. You, you didn't ask uh, him any embarrassing questions? Not this, this time. time. He just he gave a funny speech, and then that was it. Then all the names scrolled. There was a like little music video from one of the choirs singing the alma mater. It was very exciting. And Wow watching like 600 names just scroll while the same song plays looping. And it wasn't Poppin' Circumstance, it was the, the Denison alma mater. Just for like oh, okay. five minutes of just looping. 600 looping. names? Yeah, there's 600 people in my class. Oh my god. Got to see everyone's degrees, if they were, you know, graduating with honors and, and cum laude and all that, and it was very exciting. How, how do you graduate with honor? Do you just like prevent getting disrespected and then <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> uphold your honor the entire make time. sure you you keep your family's name pure <laughs> it's like yeah. a certain gpa like like oh okay, 3.5 okay. and up i think or 3.6 yeah it's, i don't it's, believe in that it's all very subjective like colleges well to... no i think the point is to make it as objective as possible because there's a number and but it's not weighted it's by, or unweighted it's by institution though i think for a lot of schools like the honors levels are by institution it's not like a, a unified universal thing. truth of the universe so at some school 3.7 might be you know magna cum laude it might be 3.9 in another school it's all very like yeah so it doesn't really mean anything but it looks fancy is how i understand it that's 90 percent of the world i'm finding out yeah looks fancy but doesn't actually mean anything <laughs> real truths here on ketchup cast i don't know what was what was your did you have a ceremony Mm, kind of kind of a similar thing yeah we had a little zoom call and you know, i guess you guys can all fail the zoom call we are you maxing out a zoom call no we didn't do a zoom it was a pre-recorded video oh whoa so i just sat down and watched youtube with my parents parents for an hour and then went wow. about my day that's yeah it was a little zoom call just for um students faculty and staff and um yeah, the president spoke a little bit. There was a slideshow of pictures of the graduates. There was, um, I think, advisors, like the the 
faculty advisors that were, you know, advising the graduates spoke a little bit about their journey, and, um, yeah, there was this weird interlude with a Mad Lib for some reason. What? Can you <laughs> yeah. elaborate? That sounds comedic, at least. Oh, it was, it was bringing the absolutely listeners. comedic. It was, my only complaint about Mad Libs is that it's, like, 90% effort of putting in the, the verb noun tense thing and then like the 10 percent payoff of the like, payoff is so underwhelming of, of reading it and yeah. you're like wait 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 that that's actually how short the paragraph was that we were mad living like we were writing a novel here we, we basically wrote this paragraph these are all our words seconds. it's over <laughs> like i don't know i wish there was a, a higher you know pay to play ratio there but whatever um yeah we're we're in replace of uh, the the people in the story was the names of graduates. Oh, that's kind of fun. And it was a play on the um, the uh, the places you'll go. Oh, that's lovely. You know that that um, yeah, it's a Dr. Seuss book. Dr. Seuss uh, story. Um, so that was kind of fun. It, it was sweet and yeah, fun to partake in, but um, also like very odd and informal uh, yeah it was, it was it was great other than that no not, nothing else really but you, you um, gave your presentation on your senior project too i saw that that was really that must have been exciting yeah i did yeah that presentation went really well i'm excited about that i didn't know it was going to go public but that's all right um i thought, I thought <laughs> it's a very strange thing to post on a, a public youtube i know there's but only it, like four videos on but that they're proud of you they're, they're showing how YouTube proud they are of you <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure um, no, and I'm proud of it. I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't mind it at all being up there. I think, I think it's a great presentation. But um, yeah, so that was a separate night. That was like the senior project presentation night, which was good. Um, and oh my god, somehow, speaking of like uh, technology failing me, failing our podcast here on that night, like that presentation, like 30 seconds before the video starts. I couldn't get in onto the Zoom oh, call. Oh, no. I, like, I had the link, but I kept on clicking it, and then it, like, wouldn't sign me in, and then I couldn't find the link again, and then, like, I was, like, two minutes late for this presentation that I knew about for weeks, and that was, like, the most, like, the culmination of all of my experience. <laughs> <laughs> and I showed up late. <laughs> and, then, and then during it, I couldn't figure out how to share screen, even though that's, like, a thing I've been doing for a while now. Somehow it... it having two monitors like screwed it up and then the one slide didn't load <laughs> i noticed that like powerpoint just decided nope we're not. Gonna at least it was like a question slide not like your your you know findings kind of thing yeah but i had like a list of people i wanted to thank and like questions and answers and all this like I, it just powerpoint was like nope not today you're not gonna see this <laughs> like what <laughs> This has never happened before. It's very it's very in the spirit of everything else that's been going on. Like, of course, something like that would happen. Yeah, kind of. It was just a culmination of, of so many things. But, uh, yeah, it was great. I'm, I'm, I'm real stoked about that. And people asked some really good questions there. It was a great, uh, it was a great kind of back and forth with the mm -hmm. audience. It wasn't like a, a super serious um, lecture. It was more of a, like here's what I did and let's talk about it and let's think about it and reflect on it more so than, um, 
I don't know. Yeah, proving that like you're worth the degree. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And now we're college graduates. It's very, it's very strange. Like, it, I don't know. I haven't gotten it in the mail yet, so I haven't gotten it in the mail yet either. So perhaps you know we've both. I'm, I'm gonna hold off on fooled. saying that until it's in that's, my hand. That's fair, but it's it's such like a anticlimactic way to go out. Like, and obviously, yeah, kind of. <laughs> given the circumstances, this is how it had to be. But it, you know, graduating from college is this big thing that is like you know, you've worked your whole life toward it. Yeah. But it, it doesn't feel any different to me. And maybe it's because I haven't received the degree. Maybe it's because, you know, we're in the midst of a global pandemic. But it's just, I just feel like a guy. I thought I'd feel regal or something. I don't know. Does does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, totally. I don't know if it, ha- I don't know if I'd be super, super, um, feel different about it if I was on campus. I mean, I agree. Like, it, it's a different situation. But... To some extent, like, the the main emotions I'm feeling are somewhat longing for campus again. And, like, oh, mm-hmm. that was a great time, and those are great hanging out with friends. And, oh, I love this little nook to do my homework in or whatever. And, oh, the coffee was so good. Like, kind of um, nostalgia for all of those things, which I'm yeah. feeling because I'm not there, right? Right. And I wouldn't – I would feel that if I left there under normal circumstances too, right? So – that's the majority of what I'm feeling more so than like, Oh wow. I, I did this. Yeah. It's more of a a nostalgia for the journey journey being over, you know? Yeah. I got you. That's what I got going on. But did you have any big projects do any final hurdles? I had, I had a paper. Uh, I wrote it. We, we were supposed to write about helpers and, 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 you know, in the midst of, of tragedy and, and disaster. I thought I could write about our current disaster, <laughs> but I, it's a little too, like, I'm, I'm too in it. So I wrote about the blizzard in 1977. Uh, cause I thought in that's Buffalo, kinda, yeah. yeah. Cause that's, you know, it's a yeah, awesome. that's personal cool. thing. So I, I read a bunch of accounts from people like in all the South towns and, and, and people in the city and, and wrote just this paper telling their stories. And that was the last paper I wrote for college, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. I also had to write a cover letter to my work for, for the semester for my English class. And it was supposed to, we were supposed to answer these very specific questions, but I just kind of went off on this existential tangent. Like, what is, what is journalism, really? What is writing? <laughs> what is the role of, of, of people in, in, in telling stories? And, and yeah. addressed the prompts, but just went down this rabbit hole instead, which I think is kind of, you know, the, the way to go. It was the last sure. thing I ended up writing. So the... Blizzard 77 was my last official paper. Then this cover letter was the last thing I did for all of college. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I put on, I, I knew I was going to finish it the night that I finished it. So I thought this is, I'm going to finish college tonight. I got to have the right soundtrack. So I found <laughs> it was, it was an hour of just the Shire theme from Lord of the Rings. Wow. I thought that's, that's sweet. So I just finished it to the tunes of the Shire and then walked around town living life. There you go. Yeah. I think it'll feel different when it gets put on a resume mm-hmm. and when like it starts getting jobs and, and, and having an impact that you can kind of tangibly see in that way. And when like somebody else acknowledges it outside of yourself and your family and the, your peers that you were with mm-hmm. there. Um, I'm looking forward to that more so than, yeah, that, that I think that'll show 
show up somewhere, I'm, I'm sure. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. It, nice way to finish. Did you do anything the day of the graduation? Did you, like, after the Zoom call ended, did you do anything to celebrate? It was just kind of a regular day after Not that? really. I mean, actually, no. But the, my, my family put together uh, a little... Like, they hung a graduation banner inside, and they made a cake, and, um, yeah, you know, we were going to have a, a family get-together with everybody, you know, extended family, and um, since my brother also graduated and stuff, but uh, since we can't do that, we kind of did it, you know, just as a small family mm-hmm. here, and, um, yeah, uh, you know, just Sounds really nice. something small, but that's it. And now you've just been going for runs and <laughs> biding your time? A little bit, yeah, trying to figure out where to, what to do next. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a, it's very strange. I've been talking to my friends who are actively looking for, like, job jobs, any job, not just, like, career, like, their degree-based yeah, yeah. jobs, but just, and they said, like, literally nowhere is hiring. They're just getting automated responses, and, and granted, this is in, like, cities. This isn't... Sure, sure. This is, like, in, in big cities. But, but there's not much to do. Like, we're, we're adults with degrees, but it's just... I mean, even if we didn't have a degree, I don't think it would, like... That's true, you know. but we'd, we'd be gearing up for camp or something, or... or yeah. You know, there'd be something, but it's just kind of sit around and hope for something to happen. Yeah, I mean, the idea at this point is to essentially line up as many opportunities and just see... Throw as many plates of spaghetti against the wall and see which ones stick. Is that the metaphor that I think that I wanted? So. Yeah, it makes I, sense. I get what you're saying. It's such a strange <laughs> metaphor, but I, I think that's it, I think it's an actual metaphor, though, right? That's the thing people say. Well, anything's a metaphor if you well, try hard enough. That's but, true. That's um, true. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Just line up as many things and mm-hmm. and see what happens and what falls through. So it's not like, uh, yeah, I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket for sure, but um, looking out for things that would be pretty, uh, pretty good at this time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. What what have you been thinking about with with the future? Well, see, that's that's a fun question because I spent the last ten years of my life being like, yeah, movies, 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 and I came to the conclusion rather recently that I don't want to go to Hollywood. And I would like to. That's do in, fair. There's plenty filmmaking. other. There's plenty other. Well, that's the thing is right? is I can I can do independent filmmaking, but I can't really do that as a career per se. At least that's not. Okay. I don't want to. I'd like to have a life outside of just making movies all the time. I I have to fund my movies also. Right. So I have to have a job, a real job, a career even. And, you know, I've spent all this time thinking about making movies, but I realized I don't know what I want to do with my life outside of that. I have no, I, huh. so I have to like rediscover me. Do you think it's like a, a hobby versus career type situation? Where I think you're the like, way I want to do it. Yeah. Like, like I've got writing and I have running and I have this outdoor stuff and I could, if I put enough work in, I could make any one of them a mm-hmm. career, right? But I want to choose to do this as a career and keep these as a hobby and right. keep having one fuel the other and bounce each other. Or do you think that's what's got, that sort of same dynamic is what you're thinking about? The way I imagine myself making films, and this is this is going to go on a tangent, so I apologize. No, that's great. Down the road, I'd like to have my own production company. Okay. But I don't use that phrase. The phrase I use is creative, creative collective, which sounds like a like a cult. Um, no, it sounds yeah. like uh, I don't know. You uh, 
Uh, creative collective. Sounds like you like rent a loft and you have like three computers set up with some like no no wheelie chairs but like yoga balls that you mm-hmm. all sit on. Yeah. And there's like a dartboard that you like throw ideas at. And um, you know, if it if things aren't clicking, you're like, screw it, let's just go down to the cafe, you know, across the street and like my flow is so much better there anyways. Like that's that's just where my juice is at right you're now. You're forgetting the standing desks, Isaac. Well, the yoga ball standing desk combo. Yeah. yeah. Those kind of go hand in hand. I just imagine this group of, of creative people, writers, directors, editors, like people who, who this is their hobby. Yeah. And we all work together and each of, you know, we'll do our different projects, but we all help each other out on these projects. But it's not, there's no like strict rigid structure. Like there's not a, I'm the head of the company. There's not a, like everyone yeah, just kind of does great. their own thing. But until I get there, like I, I sort of imagine I'll just be making films for you know, on the weekends when I'm not working, I'll go off and, and you know, shoot something with friends or, or family or whatever. But I need to, you, and I'll send those off to festivals and stuff, assuming mm-hmm. film festivals are a thing in the future. Uh, well, I think they will be. But I need a day job to pay for these films. So I have to sort okay. of evaluate what I want the day job to be. I have, like, vague ideas. I think it might be fun to be a, a film critic, like a, new, a local newspaper film critic Ooh. kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Maybe I could go to grad school and become a teacher. That could be something. That's ah. sort of something I've been thinking about. Like either like a film right studies in the professor. Line there. Well, that's that's I've always sort of avoided the teaching path because I don't want my parents <laughs> to be like, "Oh, we're so proud of you." I don't want my parents to be proud of me. I, I should have been. Raised <laughs> wrong. I don't want them to be like, "Oh, you're following the family path," because that's annoying and and and. Yeah, or and, they also know how to critique you. Right. The exactly. Hardest. Exactly. And the deepest, because not only do they know you, the deepest as an individual, but also that career path. Well, that's so what's been nice about cinema is, is they don't know all the, the mistakes I'm making in my film, so they watch it. They're like, oh, that's so good. And like, yeah, but I, ju- <laughs> I jumped the, the 180 line, so it's it's trash, but they don't see that. <laughs> but, if, but yeah, if I teach, they're like, oh, your classroom feng shui is wrong. Oh, shit. <laughs> So that's sort of my predicament is I, I don't know exactly what I want to do. I'll probably have to go to grad school at some point, whatever I end up doing. Yeah. But I don't want to go to grad school just yet. Not not quite yet. Not quite yet. I've been in school for 16 years. I'd like to take a break. Yeah, that's fair. But that means I have to find something to do in the interim, which it will probably end up being work or something like that. I just have to figure out what that is. Yeah, I mean, work kind of yeah. <laughs> is where it's at. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. I like the idea of a like a film co-op in a way. A, Co-op's a, a good word for it too. Production co-op is is pretty sweet. That that sounds really cool. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about how there there'll probably be more need for that with all these like video. Um, like the one, the one place I was working with the scouts, they were talking about maybe doing some education, some, like, backcountry skills education on through video or through other stuff. And, um, like, I don't know. We've got a bunch of people that are really good at, at backcountry skills, but they don't know how to even turn on a camera. So, like, <laughs> if we well, could... If they're hiring, let me know. I'll, I'll right, throw right, my right. hat in the ring, certainly. But, but we could connect them with that co-op and get those people in the same room. And, What's exactly... You know, kind of scratch each other's backs there give the co-op work that they want to do and and fund projects that they're interested in with the skills that marry to it but yeah who knows um 
you could always be the photographer in the backcountry wedding facilitation uh that you set up yeah 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 <laughs> those are becoming more popular now because people want to get married away from everybody else people listen to our the episode where we discussed and like oh that's a great idea <laughs> have stolen it already <laughs> we should we should have filed a, a copyright right, right then and there <laughs> now what's up for yeah. public domain but yeah there's there's definitely options it's just it's also hard because at least with film you know you need a crew of people working closely together and that's not really feasible right now yeah that's fair although instead of like because production crew usually wears all black so you picture people in all black with like these face shields on and gloves that actually is kind of a cool image the co the covid cameraman yeah but you can edit and and you can edit behind the yeah. mask though like that I don't know. You get one cameraman to to take a shot, and then he sends it to you, and then you produce right. it, and then. Well, that's another know. thing is I've I could I've th- been thinking maybe I could apply to like a news channel and and edit the news. Yeah, good thing you don't have to like handle giant wheels of, of, uh, acrylic or whatever it was made out of. I could be fun. I've seen the cinema house at Denison used to have this big like, editing station where you could cut the film and, and splice it and stuff. I never used it, but it... Weren't they also explosively flammable? Yeah, there's... <laughs> there's stories of directors who, like, would, would be in the editing room filled with reels and reels and film and be smoking. <laughs> That's insane. And some... I mean, some of these rooms went up in flames, genuinely, because... That's insane because it's their own project, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was the 60s, you know? It's... <laughs> yeah the film co-op yeah in the 60s you know well uh that just is a commune i mean that at that point that's just a commune <laughs> well I, I i should speak for commune seeing how i went to school at once, that's true so. you you're the expert um, here <laughs> yeah that's fair but uh i guess this kind of leads into our topic for yeah this was a good segue episode we we kind of organically slid right in there and now i'm totally ruining it by acknowledging it yeah, it was maybe the smoothest segue of all time, but you just stuck a, a <laughs> stick in the spokes there. It was almost uh, but, almost across the bridge, and you just uh, yeah. You know. Go for. Why don't you? We're, yeah, we, we were gonna. Um, I was thinking about yeah how I'm, how I'm applying to some jobs here and how uh, you know we we both have this big life transition coming up where we're going from being a student to being a, a career person with a tie and. Uh, scraggly beard as Ethan is demonstrating right now as the um, listeners can clearly see yeah as, as, as it's a visual format and um, I was thinking wow what are some things that I haven't done in a while that could really help with that and I was thinking my interviewing skills are a kind of shabby yeah right now mine too um, some of the jobs I've gotten in the past have been like word of mouth kind of uh, internal hires that are pretty easy and i know the people who are involved pretty well so um i haven't like seriously interviewed for a pretty uh deep job in a while so uh something i wanted to brush up on and i thought what better way what better content could there be <laughs> for the podcast <laughs> things how we're comfortable talking with each other we know a lot about each other already and um yeah it, it can get it be a chance to get to know uh some more formal sides of each other so yeah my idea is that um 
you can ask me some interview questions and I can ask you some interview questions and we can just kind of bounce back and forth. And um, at the end of the, the podcast, our, our listeners can decide who gets hired. Yeah, right in. You've got the, you got the video, the audio message option in the description. Uh, go ahead and send one in and, and tell us who's getting hired. Who would who would you hire for your outdoor slash cinema company <laughs> for your cinema uh, commune? <laughs> <laughs> if you had to be on a desert island with one of us, and you have to, this is gonna happen. We've got to. Who would it be? It's our next reality show. Answers to our to our question. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the outcome is intended to be, but... It's practice. Now, Isaac, I sent you a bunch of questions. Do you have questions you want me to ask you? Um, yeah, I was thinking about how... To, can I chat them to you? Can you still see the chat? Yeah, I, I can pull them up on my... Like this? Ooh! Yeah. Does it also come up on your phone? It doesn't. It comes up in the... I didn't... I forgot there's a chat option in the video call. Isn't it, isn't it cool? You can tell them from the genuine excitement in my voice as it popped up. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then if you click the little tab above, like, show messages. I can see them all, yeah. So you can see them all. Oh, my goodness. I kind of like them popping up as the little text bubble. <laughs> it's kind of fun. But, it's like, but this is a little easier to read. Right, and then that text bubble will go away after a right. while. Right, and we have yeah. we have the text bubble. We have my genuinely like overjoyed reaction <laughs> to it. I think that's that's pretty good. Uh, I will I will say, uh, like you said, I'm wearing a tie. I'm wearing a dress shirt. But I figured since these are video interviews, I am wearing athletic shorts along oh, with the dress oh, shirt. Oh, I didn't. Okay. So you're bringing a whole other layer to this. I'm like wearing a t-shirt and a headband. I mean, it's, like, that's still where it's a video in my interview. Bed and like, this was a, a, an actual video interview. I want you to know that I would, I would, <laughs> you would be dressed the part. See, I, I committed. I committed. Yeah. But I figured like, you know, in the spirit of everything being over video calls, why wear nice pants when you're only ever going to see my, my torso? That's fair. That's fair. Fun fact. I once did a video interview, not in pants, just because I could. <laughs> uh, and I got the job, so. Wow, there you go. Listeners, just wear pants to like in-person interviews, though. I, I don't <laughs> know if that needs to be said, but just to cover our bases. No man, pants pants are overrated. At, when at it's the film co-op, out, absolutely. Are over. <laughs> Come as you are. <laughs> Come as you are. None of us wear pants. Yeah. We're just sitting in our tidy whities all day. It's great. This is a pants optional work environment. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that. No shirts, no shoes, no service, but we didn't say anything about pants. Uh, if you had both a shirt and shoes, but no pants on. Anyways, we don't Anyways. need to fall down on the rabbit hole. Okay. Um, I guess I'll send, I'll uh, read off the question for you first, right? Oh, man, okay. Yeah. I don't know I was going with Chris. You're, on, you're up. I have not prepped at all for this, so I would prep for a real interview. And these, well, this is the prep for the real interview. That's that, okay, the yes, that's true. That's true. But I haven't prepped for <laughs> the okay prep, I guess. It's okay if you mess up. It's okay if you say, um, about a thousand times a sentence. It's okay if you say like a lot, like I tend to do when I listen to myself back on these podcasts. But, um, yeah, and it's going to be out of order. I'm going to cherry pick these questions. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Yeah, I haven't read all the questions, so some of these are going to be a surprise for me. I sent Isaac a, a couple of links to, like, film interview questions uh for various film jobs but i have not read them carefully so we'll see how this goes 
Okay. Okay. Um. Hello, welcome to uh, welcome to the the film co-op here. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for for agreeing to interview me. Yeah. Um, here's my here's my resume. Handshake. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. See. We, here's we here's my headshot. What? <laughs> Continue. Do you do you actually provide headshots? In the no, I just thought it'd be funny. Oh. Okay, but it's a video interview. I I sorry, I can yeah. See your headshot. You don't right need here. to <laughs> send send in a picture of your face. I just got excited. I sent in like three. I really want this okay. job. Yeah, I, I, I see. I have I have your multiple your multiple headshots here, each in a different costume. Um, they're great. Okay. Uh, first question. Okay. How do you ensure you stay up? with the latest trends tools and techniques of the industry well that's a great question sir um i'm subscribed to several film magazines that's not true i shouldn't lie um (laughs) i i read a lot of (laughs) (laughs) i got nervous and i lied oh boy it's off to a wonderful start i uh committed a crime oh yeah wait no i'm sorry uh, i got nervous i lied (laughs) but you lied in the (laughs) uh yeah that's a that's a great question uh i uh i read a lot of um film blogs Uh, i i follow a lot of industry professionals on social media and i see what they're working with i i always try to stay up to date with current productions and see the technology they're using and then you know just try to immerse myself in in behind the scenes of the industry to really see the cameras and and the, the special effects techniques and try to get a, a good grasp of what the current stuff is. I, I like to see what's going on back in the past. Uh, I just, I, I do a lot of reading and, and watching behind the scenes stuff. Cool. That sounds great. Uh, awesome. So I guess I'll send you a question now. We'll kind of go back and forth. See the tit for tat tit for tat. So you get your hand picking the questions I ask you. It's all <laughs> yeah, a surprise so you, to me. <laughs> Somebody's at a disadvantage here. Yeah. I mean, you could have done the research. I, I, yeah, I could have given you the questions to. Well, oh. here we go. Uh, hi, welcome to uh, to our outdoor company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, co-op, by the way. <laughs> welcome to our outdoor co-op. Uh, we're. It's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, I guess my first question for you is: What types of co-leaders do you work well with? Yeah. So. Um, that's a great question. <laughs> I like I like starting every every response with, "Oh, that's a great question." Oh, really? That's a really good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> um, definitely don't do that. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this the other day and uh, talking to a friend of mine who have who have co-led with a little bit on some some college trips, and I take my job very seriously. I take the responsibility of, of risk management very seriously. I take um, the, the education and the learning and the facilitation of, of lessons very seriously. And sometimes that can be a bit of a drag. And although it's an important thing to, to have, uh, sometimes I can't break that comedic tension as easily as other people can. And so when I, I look at co-leaders, I, I tend to think about um, in what ways are they going to complement that seriousness or that sort of um, mission focus and in what ways are they going to be able to 
bring out somebody's story or bring out somebody's uh, personality traits in a way that I won't be able to because I don't have the comedic tools to do that. Not saying that I want a co-leader that doesn't take their job seriously or doesn't think about risk management. They should still be thinking about those things. But one that can have a little more jovial time with it uh, tends to compliment me very well when I take things um, in a serious direction. Um, I also like people that are open in communication. I think being very upfront and honest and giving um, near constant feedback is is what I look for and what I would expect from, from a co-leader of mine. Um, yeah. Excellent. Cool. Okay, you're up. All right. Ooh. That was interesting. Let's see. Okay, now I'm reading through the questions, which is... Let's see. Ooh, okay. So this is for like a director position. You're now the, you know, director of the the film co-op here. Which is the um, goal. With that, that's the plan, right? That's that's, you know, writer director, that's the dream. Dress for the job you want, not the job you have. I don't have um, a job. <laughs> <laughs> and I want one. So what does that mean? Um, so <laughs> An actor is being unprofessional. How do you manage this situation? I I think my first instinct would be to try to just push through and get the shots that I need and hope the unprofessionality would sort of stay relegated to the off-camera acting. Sorry, that vibrating is my phone. I should have turned it off when I came into the interview room. I apologize. Oh, that's a uh, that's a shame. You know, you should should turn I off have, your computer. I have your computer uh, to, what? Okay. I have a little bribe for you. There you go. Wait, so, wait. It's just, a ba- it's just a bag of M&Ms. Don't bribe your interviewee, interviewer. Uh, yeah, so I would, I would try to just push through it first and hope they would take their job seriously enough that they could still perform the role even if they're acting unprofessional. If it started to be a serious problem, I would call for a break, have the other actors rehearse the scene, and I would take the actor aside and sit down with them and explain that they're being unprofessional and ask what the problem is and if I can help and just try to have an honest tete-a-tete with them and try to solve the problem together. If it became a very serious issue, I would get the first AD, that's the assistant director, involved uh, because they're in charge of keeping the shoots on schedule, making sure everything's running smoothly, and they can be meaner than the actual director. So uh, delegating is an important, uh, important thing, knowing when... Uh, I need to do my job, and when I need to give it to someone else. Yeah. Now, okay. Isaac, I, I see you've sent me another question. I'm going to spring well, one on you. The wool is being pulled over your eyes real quick. What? What is this? This is a question I'm asking you. Surprise, I know. surprise. I, I sent you a link to, I know. Uh, to a bunch <laughs> of... Uh, I, th- I thought even a playing field a little That's bit, fair. That's know? fair. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. open the link. But while I'm opening that link, Isaac, what are you passionate about? What am I passionate about? Um, yeah. Well, so, um, I, I've got a lot of passions, to be honest. I, I really, um, I'm a, a complex and passionate person. There's several things which, at the end of the day, I can do endlessly, right? They, they have that, that grip over me. Um, 
that other things just don't. That, that I think that's what, what passion really is. But one of them is running. Um, I, I, I view it as a form of self-care and as a form of sort of relationship with the natural world, less so than out of competition. And um, some of the competitions I've competed in for running and for skiing as well um, have have more of a, a community component to them yes. and less of a, a competitive component, if that makes sense. But um, running's a passion. Writing's a passion. Um, I, I keep a, a, a daily journal and um, like to have that reflective process for myself um, and, and look back on those memories and on, on my progress as a, as a reflective human being. And yes, it's very, other passions are, yeah, are skills in the outdoors, as you can see by my resume and by my experience Got log. Pulled up right in front of me. Which I have, Thank you for I the have PDF. Uh, provided for you. In, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Comprehensive. <laughs> it's As you can see, it's 14 pages long. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's extremely <laughs> detailed, really. Um, it, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, I like getting outside, doing any number of things from canoeing, backpacking, um, a little bit of whitewater canoeing, a little bit of climbing in there. Uh, yeah, all awesome things that I just, I just have uh, a great passion for. I love exploring the natural world, um, thinking about wilderness and, and what it means to us as individuals. And yeah, backcountry cooking is great. I made my lunch today outside on a camp stove um, to practice my skills and, um, almost got rained on. So it was great, but, uh, yeah. Does that answer the question? Yes. Thank you very much. Awesome. And a question for you, sir. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. More questions. This is, imagine like it, it, the, the actual scenario we're doing right now, two people sitting on, on either side of a desk, just back and forth, interviewing each other. They're both trying to hire each other. Because that's what's happening right now. It's the, it's uh, the most intimidating <laughs> interview of all time. It's it's hilarious. Um, oof. Uh, okay, what is your approach to delegation? Uh, well, I think I think every director would like to take on every role themselves. They want to have every hand in every basket. Uh, they can't because we only have two hands, obviously. Little little joke for you, sir. Uh, <laughs> why, why did we start calling each other sir? I don't know. That's, that's, that's today's bit, is just we're calling each other sir. Um, but obviously, you know, a director can't do everything, and I think a good director knows when, you know, when something is something they have a control in and something they have to trust people. And I think that's a big part of delegation, right, is, is trusting people. Uh, mm -hmm. So... I might have, you know, I've got the overarching vision, right? You know, I know exactly how I want, well, I don't know exactly, but I know the feeling I want from the sets. I know how I want the shots to seem and then what the lighting setup's going to evoke. Uh, and so I, I tell the gaffer, I tell the art department, I tell them how I'm, what I'm thinking, but I trust them to take that feedback and to create what they are going to create. And I don't need to have a guiding hand in all of that. All I have to do is set the ball rolling because these are people, because it's all about trust. Mm -hmm. If that answers the question. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what does a gaffer do? A gaffer is 
basically, they're in charge of the lights. Uh, so setting up the lights and designing the lighting setup. Okay. You've sent okay. me a second a second link. Uh, <laughs> which, more which, ideas for you. <laughs> well, I'll I'll pull up the link I already have. Um, you, you know, yeah. You sent me like four different websites to go to to ask these questions, but yeah, I'll pull up um, the other link too. But but I'll I'll ask you one from here first. Uh, so I, th- I, th- I thought I should should bounce an equal amount back. Yeah. Uh, here's I think a, an example uh, a question that is asked in in many job interviews. Give an example of having made a mistake and how you resolved it. Um, I don't make mistakes. I'm a robot, oh, as you would know. My bad. <laughs> I apologize for uh, for assuming. Um, my father, uh, Big Daddy Jeff Bezos, who invented me to <laughs> <laughs> to be flawless in every way, <laughs> says that I don't make mistakes. Well, who are we to question Big Daddy Bezos? Okay, um, <laughs> it's kind of fun to completely give like the the totally sarcastic answer to an interview question because it's like the total taboo right it's the thing you're like not supposed to do under any circumstances is like break that comedic tension and like Mm -hmm. give the 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 first answer that comes to your head right which i think is hilarious content um i have a friend so i'll let you speak in a second i had a friend who had a job interview for a, a commercial uh, production company, and one of, one of the, the last question they asked him was, "Can you tell us a joke?" Like that was a <laughs> legit question they asked him. Oh my god, that's funny. I mean, that's like the uh, that's like the comedic leader, right? It's like I know that I'm too serious, and I need somebody sometimes that can break that tension. And if you're looking to hire that person, asking them to tell a joke, right, and work that room is actually like a, a key skill. But um, what was the question? How do I work with robots? Yeah, how do you work with robots outdoors? <laughs> no, what, what's what's the time when you made a mistake and how you had to resolve that mistake? Oh, okay, right, right. Um, I a mistake that I've made. Hmm. Besides answering that you were a robot. <laughs> <laughs> this one time I was doing a fake interview <laughs> with my friend, and <laughs> um, ooh, this is this is a hard one because I have to. <laughs> I have to think about a mistake that's egregious enough to talk about, right. but not too egregious. That very thin line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like that question. Um, I got asked a question when I worked at, at that gas station. Uh, the question was, when was the time you were told to do something and didn't do it and it worked out? So I was like, oh, I have to, <laughs> like, dis- disobeying orders kind of thing. So I have to seem insubordinate enough that I t- to care about the job and doing the best job, but not so insubordinate that I'll never listen are you a traitor or will you follow orders <laughs> blindly until your death pretty like, much that's the what <laughs> yeah that was oh, that was literally the question so i was like oh, a director told me to do something once and i disagreed so i did something else and the, the show was better for it the scene played a little better i trusted my that's... instincts but it's very like it's a it feels like such a trap and now yeah, you're in this that's... trap <laughs> tell me your mistakes isaac <clears throat> um i've made mistakes navigating before it's easy. It's an easy one to make. Um, you know, just not being super familiar with the area, um, not checking the compass and the map frequently mm-hmm. enough, um, and either canoeing or hiking down the wrong, the wrong trail or the wrong tributary that um, you weren't expecting to go into. Right? It, it's, um, it's a common mistake in the outdoor industry. It's it's one that um, 
I think people should admit to a lot more often than they do. A lot of people will push through that 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 weird feeling, that spidey sense of being lost, that kind of like, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I made a wrong turn back there. Um, and instead of doubting it, and instead of being like, nope, I don't make wrong turns, I am a robot, I navigate perfectly to my target 100% of the time, um, they keep hiking down that path, and they keep canoeing down that river, and they end up in, in a whole mess of trouble. So the, the initial mistake of, okay, navigating a little bit off course, now, stopping to think, okay, does this make sense with where I should be, right? I should be heading east around the, the lake, but, you know, now I'm heading a little south. That doesn't, that doesn't quite check out. Okay, so that's like, that's like one tipping point on the scale of, of the mistake, right? Like, I'm always trying to judge those, those decisions, you know? How many, how many facts are pointing to I made a mistake, or how many facts are pointing to, like, no, I'm just kind of being paranoid and maybe, you know, it'll it'll end up in the end. This trail will curve back around and like, you know, we'll we'll get there in the end. So kind of weighing those things a little bit, stopping to pause, um not falling into the trap of uh trying to stick to a time schedule, which can be really difficult. Um you know, giving yourself the time to make that proper decision instead of saying, "Okay, we have to get there by this time" or oh, we have to find a campsite for lunch, so, you know, I just got to push through and, you know, make these series of complicated turns really quickly. So, um, removing that thought from my head about what time pressure might be on me and um, double-checking things, double-checking the map. Um, If I really am seriously lost and don't have a clue to where I am, um, that might be a time to... uh, look at different um, information around me, see if I can get a, a compass triangulation or see if the GPS, if, I, if I'm carrying one, is picking me up or um, if there's any other landmarks I can, I can double-check against. Retracing my steps, um, all things that I've done in the moment to sort of fix the mistake of getting lost. Uh, and then reviewing those things, keeping them in my mind for, uh, for next time, right? Not letting that mistake go unlearned from so I got lost it happens right but I want to be able to know that the next time I'm going to be able to prevent that mistake and you know okay so every time I come to a trailhead now I double check with my compass that I am going on the right direction you know just cardinally north south east and west Um, or canoeing on a river I think about you know the is it getting larger? Is it getting smaller? And does that does that make sense with the the information I have on my map? So, um, yeah, that, that's that's a mistake that I've made, uh, a broad one that will continually to keep up in my my career. But some mitigating actions I take to to both prevent and solve it in the moment. Thank you. It's a very thorough answer. And now we know you make mistakes. You're not getting hired. <laughs> Da, da, da. Ah, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Bummer. Um, let's see. A question for you, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, what? Uh, hold on. I got. Hmm. In your opinion, what is the most important quality of a film director or project think, director? Yeah, I think the most important quality 
of a director. And actually, I, I know this question has things you're supposed to hit, but I think that's a poor way to, to format that because it's asking your opinion and then saying, oh, they have to say this, they have to say this. It, you should be evaluating the person's personal feelings and not a checklist of thing of bullet points. But that's not an answer to your question. That's just a the critique of the website that I sent you. Um, <laughs> I think... Well, being... the website that I said... <laughs> <laughs> the website that I read this question off of would tell me to say... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think four I, things. an important quality in director is the ability to... And there's several important ones. But to be able to sort of think big picture and, and see big picture because you're not going to have your hand in every basket like I said uh, you're, you can't do in everything. every batch of cookies so. in every batch of cookies you have your cookies you have your ingredients you know you're focused on getting the cookies baked you're not focused on adding the flour you're not focused on sprinkling the chocolate chips you are focused on having the best cookies possible and just making sure everyone else does their job so the ability to sort of keep that in mind you know to, to be able to check in with the heads of the different departments uh, and to be able to work with other people, obviously, is kind of the most important one. A film crew is uh, a unit with different working parts, kind of like an ant colony, kind of like a robot, hashtag Big Daddy Bezos. Um, <laughs> but if you can't work with others, you can't make films. You have to be able to listen to other people's ideas. You know, the you might want a shot, a really good shot, but mm-hmm. the gaffer comes over and says, hey, we can't get the lights in that area. What if we change the shot to this? It's still the same feeling, but we can hang the lights better. And I have to say, oh, that's not what I wanted, but you're right. Thank you for, for giving me this other idea. So it's, even though the director is sort of this, this you know, head honcho position, he's, it's, it's collaborative process even then. So being able to work with others, being able to sort of see the big picture, and I think being able to just stay true to your vision and not get sort of distracted, uh, so focus is another big one mm-hmm. and and to be able to work yeah. with actors too you know you need to be able to to g- get across what you want effectively you have to be able to give direction hence the name of the position director now how does that play out in a creative uh decision making like you know the decision to put chocolate chunks versus chocolate chips and and what diameter of those in your in your cookies you know what 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 comes to the table differently when that sort of question is is on the line when baking a cookie well you have to think about you know you know what's the quality of the chocolate a chip is very concentrated right where a ch- well, whereas a chunk spreads out so wh- what do you want your cookie to be like do you want it to have chocolate sort of throughout or chocolate in very concentrated areas what makes for a more effective cookie what would people prefer to see or what's more shocking or not not even shocking but what's what's what hasn't been done and what, what is true to the type of cookie you like. There's all these different factors you have to, to keep in mind. And it depends on the kind of cookie you want, too. Maybe you want, you know, a very just boring plain cookie. Don't put that many chocolate chips in. Or maybe you use bittersweet versus semi-sweet, which, you know, it makes for a different flavor profile, too. Am I interviewing to be a chef now? I'm confused. Big, big question in the industry right now that <laughs> yeah. everybody's wondering. Yeah. Uh... Oatmeal raisin or non-oatmeal raisin? What, what do you think about that? Depends on the oatmeal raisin. Uh, I Whoa. think... Well, here's the thing. is Oatmeal cookies are excellent. I think, I think the consistency you get with an oatmeal cookie, sort of the, the chewiness of it is, is lovely. Mm-hmm. No one likes raisins. And if you think you like raisins, you're wrong and you've been brainwashed. Uh, that's, that's my hot take for the, the episode. <laughs> we'll, we'll be getting emails about that one. Uh, <laughs> Wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna is, get canceled over raisins. Uh, that is 
No. That is terrible news. I think... Because, because we are a chocolate chip raisin, raisin company here. We, we put And this is the point. This is where I just... Some... This is where I walk out of the interview. I hear that. I walk out of the interview. <laughs> no, no. We, we hate raisins as much as you do. So that, that sounds like a great hiring, you know, uh, awesome. <laughs> it's good to know that... that you know your vision of of raisins and cookies, and uh, and our our philosophical vision of of raisins and cookies here at uh, at the cookie co-op sort of come together. I can't tell if you speak if this is a metaphor or if we've just shifted gears. Um, <laughs> all right, sir. Another question for you. This is yes, this sir. is inspired by one of the questions on your list, but I'm amending it because the this oh. question on the list is asking for a specific example. And I want to know more generally, how do you ensure and, and, and keep track of the safety of the group that you're leading? What precautions yeah, that's do you a take? Precautions specifically or just or in general, how do you, how do you handle safety? Well, safety is a really complicated thing. Um, my personal risk management philosophy, uh, comes down to experiential education. I think risk management should be included in the educational process for students. Um, now, I, I think the experiential education model sort of um, facilitates that, that well learning with risk and more of a facilitator role in risk rather than uh, a didactic or like rule, like you have to follow this thing because of this sort of model of, of risk management and safety. Although there are places where that's appropriate, right? Um, where, where either model is appropriate, you know, um, exper experiential education and experimenting with risk in nuclear physics is not the same as experimenting with risk and, and with uh, challenge on, uh, let's say, climbing or with um, a, a canoe trip or a day hike or something like that. Um, deciding to not bring your rain jacket, even though the forecast is, is for scattered showers, is, you know, on a day hike, that's a risk that you can take and you can learn from. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that should be part of the learning process for students. But uh, deciding to not take a life jacket or deciding to not carry a rope or, or something like that on a climb is uh, not the type of risk. Um, that, that's sort of outside the bounds of, of experiential learning when it comes to risk. Because you don't, you don't learn when you don't... Um, come back from a hike or come back from a canoe trip, right? That, that sort of ends the learning pretty quickly. That's um, a very morbid answer, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying, to I'm trying to prevent that, right? Prevent risks that can't be learned from and, 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 and stop those from happening while also providing a good avenue for students to uh, get experiences with risk and yeah. experience risk in a different way than they would... Um, in, a, in their transfer situation, whether that's going home, whether that's um, working a job or, or whatever they want to transfer their outside experience to, um, risks are going to be similar and different in that way. Um, I am a wilderness first responder, as you know, as you can see from my resume. Um, it's in so bold. that's a skill that's, that's, that's pretty standard in the industry to, to have. And um, those skills uh, I, I keep refreshed on. I just took the, the refresher course this past spring. So that's um, pretty new in my mind. And, and um, at the bottom of my experience log, you can see that there are some, some of those uh, risk management um, sort of emergency scenarios I've been involved in. Um, and I can explain more about those if you want. But uh, that, that's some examples of, of where that's come to, 
to practice. Yeah, thank you. That's appreciate it. Cool. Um, maybe one more question each since we're yeah. getting. Uh, okay. Okay. Sounds one like a one more question each since we're we're already over the hour mark. Ooh, it's a long interview. I'm impressed we've sustained this this as long as we have. It's it we're we keep on rolling this bit, sir. You know. We're, Excuse me. It's not a bit. This is life or death. <laughs> the real deal (laughs) um okay let's see what other i you're doing a lot better job of having the questions ready to go right after but i I skim it while listening yeah i'm listening now you as an interviewer aren't actually listening to my answers which uh you know yeah but you you see isaac i'm gonna listen i'm I'm gonna go back and edit this podcast in a couple days and i'm gonna hear your answers again yeah, but I'm not, so... <laughs> no, no, um, that's a good point. I think, uh, yeah, waiting... Um, we wouldn't yeah, decide I, to hire you right now. We'd, we'd wait a couple of days, review your application, you know, probably listen to your answers. Yeah, all interviews are recorded. I don't know if, I don't know if listeners I, know this, but... Yeah. Maybe they should be. I, I, don't, I don't see the, the bad in that, to No, because then you have the exact words that the interviewee said, and you can refer back to those. Right, but also... I don't or you know could hire a stenographer, I, I guess. A just have someone, the, have someone in the corner just typing out everything that's said. Every cough. Yeah, every sip of, of water. Like, oh, at, at 37 minutes and 60 seconds, they, they took a sip of their water. He's too hydrated. He's going to have to pee all the time. Yeah, that's, that's cutting down on productivity. We can't have that. Um, what video editing... Oh, I don't... I don't I gotta hit it. I gotta ask a hard, harder hitting question than that. Yeah, because um, I'll tell you to answer the question right now. iMovie and Adobe Premiere. Oh, really? Not. Um, uh, do you know how to run GarageBand? GarageBand is not a video editing software. Because that's what we use um, solely here at. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I've never used GarageBand before, uh, so I hope I hope that's okay. Yeah, I c- listeners, I'm using GarageBand as we speak. We're not sponsored, sponsored. by GarageBand. Um, Welcome to GarageBand Cast. That's an old <laughs> bit. <laughs> okay. Um, can you describe an experience in which you uh, had a technical challenge in production, and how did you resolve it? That's a great question. Uh, let's That's think. That's a great question. I didn't even mean to do it as a bit. I just. <laughs> No, I think I, I think that's a safety phrase, right? Is when you're trying to think of an answer, like, oh, that's a that's a great question. One tip I do have for that is instead of saying, oh, that's a great question after every single question, say like, oh, can I take a second to think about my answer for that one? Or like, um, oh, that's, that's a good really point. Interesting. Can I can I think on that for a second and then answer? Because I don't know. Uh, just like rushing into the first thing that comes into your mind usually ends up with a lot of, Oh, that's a really great question. Um, 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 exactly. That's a really great question. Um, and then you just like yeah. stall, but, um, breaking that think. tension and saying, Oh, can I have a few minutes that, and you're being honest you and it shows anything. that you, you do think things through. And that's a good, I, I feel like that's a good quality to look for in you know, a potential employee. Quality tips here. Technical problems. Well, I'll tell you, uh, this is, well, no, you asked for technical things, so I'll give you a technical thing. I was going to go for like a, just answer a different question altogether, but I should probably answer the question you asked. Uh, I think with film, there's, 
you know, you're always going to have technical problems. Specifically me, I haven't encountered all that many, if we're being honest. The biggest thing I've encountered is batteries not, you know, losing charge faster than I thought they would or, or overloading a fuse or something. And the solutions to those are pretty simple. You know, make sure you always have spare batteries uh, and, and don't overload breakers. Yeah, I too need to keep spare batteries for, for my charge to make sure that I, as a robot, as you as a fellow robot should know, can keep... Well, yeah, what kind of batteries do, do we use? I, I'm a AAA robot. It's just six AAAs right in the back of my head and I'm good to go for a couple hours. <laughs> Only a couple hours, though. They deplete pretty quickly. Yeah, that's a that's a hard question because why is it a hard question? Am I like missing some context? To no, I just like industry? that's it's a good question. It's just me personally. I'm so paranoid about anything going wrong that I charge like ten batteries every night. Like the night before I shoot, I sit down and and like go over what needs to get done. I make a shot list in the order that I want to do the shots. I make sure all my batteries are charged. I make sure I have all the equipment I need. Like I'm I'm so paranoid and anxious about everything in life anyway. <laughs> that I, I like triple check that I'm ready for being on set. Now, does that pay off? No, set's a nightmare. Um, you know, what about I, like SD cards or like, or like, um, you should always have more, one as more SD card than you need. That's my personal philosophy. Didn't you have a, uh, a hard drive crash on you? I have friends who've had hard drives crash on them and I, it breaks my heart for them. I, I, I just bought a second hard drive recently with uh, with my school's bookstore grant they gave me was part of my financial aid, so I didn't have to, to back pay for up it the other hard drive. Uh, legitimately, that's yeah, I've, yeah. I've moved everything over because I can't. Uh, I I guess oh, I can think of a technical problem that I've encountered. Uh, I was editing a film once, and all the audio just dropped. Like I Whoa. couldn't I couldn't make any of the songs play that I'd added, and I couldn't figure out what the problem was. Uh, so at first I despaired. I I pled. I cried to the heavens. I did that dramatic, you know, in Avatar The Last Airbender when Zuko's like on the top of the mountain <laughs> screaming, strike me, strike me, strike me. It was that kind of thing. Um, so after oh, I did so that. You actually bring that up. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Uh, sir, you, know, you remember what Prince Zuko, Crown Prince of the Fire Nation. <laughs> actually, begged? yeah, that's, that's all I've been watching on YouTube, on, on Netflix. Yeah, that, like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, he, he couldn't, he was trying to direct lightning and it wouldn't happen. Uh so I, I, I took a couple days off, which I might not be able to do in the actual, you know, industry. But I, I sort of stepped back. I said, okay, I don't know what to do right now. I'm too in my own head to make this work. Uh, so I'm going to drink some water. I'm going to go play Mario Kart. I'm going to calm down. Uh, and then I came back a few days later and saw that I had, I had renamed the song in iTunes or I'd moved it to a different, like, album in iTunes. Uh, and iMovie had lost the the link to it the, the map the path had been disrupted and it couldn't find it anymore so I had to basically yeah. relay the path go in and sort of step by step show iMovie where the song was now so it could connect because that's what editing software does you're not actually importing the song you're just providing a link from where the song is stored to the file and the computer knows to link to that song when it comes time and it plays the song see both of our technical issues are both of our, our, our um, mistakes have been about maps and about uh, navigation, you know? Who'd have thunk? That's kind of funny. You need, need a compass in that computer, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I was the compass, though. I guided it. Uh, <laughs> and so once I relayed those paths and, and sort of added them from where the, from the new location, uh, I managed to break... I called it the audio curse. I managed to break the audio curse and, and exported the project. Uh, yeah, if that answers your question. That's great, yeah. 
that's uh, that that's that tool comes in handy a lot. Um, dealing with ovens here, they're very hot, and sometimes we we blow a circuit if we have more than one oven on at the same time. So knowing how to how to how to flip those breakers yeah. and, and getting the ovens back up and running, um, you know, really really critical to the the baking process. Now, I, this place is called the Cookie Co-op. You said. Yes. Now I thought that was just a, a business name. And it was like a film studio that that was just called Cookies. Is this a bakery? No. See, we <laughs> we do <deal with> internet <laughs> cookies. Oh, internet. Co- oh, okay. With, with yeah, your yeah. browser. You with the browser cookies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but we prefer uh, uh, non oatmeal raisin browser obviously, cookies. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I will say oatmeal chocolate chip might be my favorite kind of cookie, and that has nothing to do with anything. I just want that out there. Uh, um, so we do have to let you know that this is a peanut peanut butter. Um, we we do bake batches of peanut butter laced cookies occasionally. Please don't let me. Please don't make me eat them. Uh, I will die. In fact, <laughs> uh, I used to not die when I ate peanuts, but I had a, a peanut butter chocolate chip cookie a couple months ago, and I did almost die. Uh, so that's that's a true story, listen. Well, I'm a trained wilderness first responder, so I can I can stick you with an epipen. Yeah, I've got I've got I've got epipens. So okay, cool, cool. cool. Uh, my last question for you, yes. sir. Uh, this is not on any of the links, but it's a question I think is important for what you want to oh, do. No. Uh, how do you make sure when working in a group that all the members of the group are are involved and focused? You know. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I did it without even thinking about it. It should be like a drinking game. Like every time you say, "Oh, that's a good question." <laughs> the 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 interviewers actually like he's playing the drinking. Oh, everyone on the board just does a shot. That would be. Uh, Can you imagine how, how intimidating would that be? You sit down for your interview and you're like, "Oh, here's my question." You say, "That's a good question," and all the people behind on the other side of the desk just do a shot. Like, it would probably make you make you better. Honestly, the more the more they drink. That's the true. Just keep are. saying it. Yeah. That's yeah. a good question. Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> anyway. Give me a second. That's an amazing question. Um. Listen, I have yes. one more question. Yes, group, group cohesion. cohesion. How do you make sure every dynamics, every yeah. individual is is involved? Yeah, group cohesion and small group dynamics are are a critical part to to the outdoor industry for sure. And and no matter what uh, sector you're in of, of the outdoor industry, they're they're it's a really a critical component to 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 it. Um, well, firstly, a little bit about my background. I've uh, I've taken a small group dynamics class in. Uh, at college, as well as um, participated in, in several long expeditions in which have you know varying small group dynamics study components to them that um, were very experiential, right? We're looking at small group dynamics while being in a small group and, and how to form cohesion, uh, as well as I've TA'd a small group dynamics class and taken the second level of small group dynamics at, at college. Um, yeah, so I think one to go back to a question that you asked earlier is about passions, right? Sharing passions and allowing people to share their passions uh, helps to build that small group dynamic, mm-hmm. right? When when everybody feels like their passions are available to them and can be followed, the group dynamics can can flourish because people have a way to communicate and they have the way that they can tell their story, whether that's through you know making dinner that night on the stove or whether that's through navigating um, or packing the backpacks really good or whatever it is, um, allowing people the flexibility to follow their passions. Um, another important aspect of small group dynamics that I like to incorporate is, uh, ag- again, that, that experiential education component to it, right? The, the small group is never 
is never complete. It's never, the dynamics are never done, right? They're always continuing to evolve. Um, and they're, they're, they're going to change over time and you're going to go through cycles and it's going to be, uh, with every transition is going to affect the small group dynamics coming in and out of the field. Um, all those sorts of things are, are going to change it. So letting students know that and, and keeping them informed that, Hey, you know, this is a continual process. We're going to have to keep on working on this, you know, not as a disparaging comment, but as a hopeful comment, right? We're, we're continuing to work on this, not just like, uh, we're, we have this end goal that we're going to finish, you know? Um, and with that comes, uh, comes a, um, let's see how to put this. It comes like, a, a, an awareness of, of what can form a group and, and form positive group cohesion and what can, so, uh, one example of this is that groups that are formed under challenge or in response to a threat rarely survive after that challenge or after that threat has gone away. So if you're building your foundation of small group dynamics and, and of cohesion in the group on a threat that is temporary or on an enemy or on a singular challenge to get over, then the, once that is done, the group has no more reason to stick together. So building your your small group dynamics on something a little more uh, universal to everybody and universal to to their their being um, rather than an outside force is uh, something that I look for in the groups that I participate and facilitate and and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, if I can ask that's what a, I've been thinking a about. Short follow up. Uh, yes. that is partially for the interview, but also partially because this is something I struggle with as, as a, a group leader too. How do you, if, if someone's actively not involved or, or seems unwilling to participate, how do you bring them in? How do you, how do you encourage them slash force them? Cause you're here, you're going to have fun, damn it, <laughs> uh, to, to be involved with the group and the activity. Um, well, I believe in challenge by choice to some extent, right? I, I don't think I want to force everybody to be involved in everything all the time. And showing how their choices to not participate are affecting other members of the group. If somebody's choosing to not participate in a game or in an elective activity, that's cool. You know, I, I can understand that. But if somebody's choosing to not cook dinner for the team that night or to not paddle when you're on a canoe trip or to not hike any further... Um, that's different and that affects the whole group and sharing that with them and um, making aware of the consequences of their choice, not necessarily as, um, as a punishment, but more of as a learning experience and an awareness, right? We want to know um, that our choices have impacts no matter what direction we're hoping they go in. And that's part of the learning process, right? What I choose to participate in is having effects to the people around me. So, so pointing that out to somebody, and with that comes a lot of patience, right? That could take a long time to realize um, what your effects and consequences of your your participate your participation can be. Um, and it can be a long time to find those common threads, right? I've been on long expeditions where I haven't really got along with somebody for a for a while, for most of it even, and then. One night we share that we have a common passion in writing or in running or something I had no idea that they were they were, were liked. And now that's like my way in. And 
Um, I think a lot of people feel that way, that once they can find that one thing that makes the other person seem a little more human and a little more relatable, that's when they start to connect and that's when they start to, to bring it in. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Those are just some tools in the toolbox to, to get folks together. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we'll be in touch. Yeah, as absolutely. They, as thanks, I'm sure for... that's, that's how interviews usually end, right? We'll be in touch. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, not like immediate touch. As soon as you end the call, they just get an email telling you whether you got it or not. They give you a big hug at the end. Not right now. They better not. <laughs> um, or they give you cookies. Like we're gonna do here at the cookie co-op. Here you go. Here's some fresh baked cookies. That what kind of what kind of cookies are they? They're uh, they're um, they don't have peanut butter in them. I swear. They're not peanut butter cookies. Are they peanut butter cookies? <laughs> nope. They are oatmeal. Uh, oatmeal. Um, um, oatmeal pecan. See that that P there stands for pecan. Ah. Uh, that might also kill me. I don't, I don't know for sure. I haven't had a pecan in a while, but I, I don't know if it's something I necessarily want to risk. Oh, uh, that's funny. Well, that was a hoot. That was fun. This will be a fun fun episode. I am going to put, like I said earlier, I think I'm going to put pop and, cir- pop and Circumstance in the place of our normal intro. Uh, just that for fun. Great. Why not? Uh, yeah. yeah. Hope this practice helped. Good luck on your I, interview. I hope it helps you too, you know? It's... Uh... For, for whatever you have next, at, at the very least, it, uh, you know, you get to dress up with your suit and tie. And um, I am very sweaty now. This was a mistake <laughs> in retrospect. It's because the listeners aren't even going to see it. This is just a goof for you and me. It's the flannel tie. I'm it's telling the fl- you. The tie's you not the issue. Tie, it's the long sleeve shirt. I don't know, man. That, that tie is holding in a lot of heat there. Yeah, but it looks good. <laughs> and what is why do we dress up it's not we don't dress up for any practical purpose right you don't wear a suit to work for practical reasons you wear a suit to work because it's professional looks good i don't know my uh my suits are bulletproof so um that's why i wear mine what what that was a plot twist <laughs> no you don't wear you don't wear a suit because it's bulletproof i will now <laughs> i didn't know that was an option Oh, you don't you don't get your suits send them to the tailor to get them bulletproofed? It's I think it's a little too much too much money. I don't the, know, man. It pays dividends. Let me tell you. <laughs> is that something you have to worry about a lot in the backcountry? Is it's just stray bullets? Yeah, I go backpacking with with a, a full tuxedo every single time, but it's also bulletproof. Seems seems practical. Absolutely. Uh, that feels like a good note to end on bulletproof tuxedos it's been awesome so uh yeah thanks man thank you uh look forward to hearing how the interview goes looking forward to next episode next episode's 29 i think we're almost to 30 wow we're uh we're gonna hit the big 50 in no time of course we've been doing this for for several years now we're only at 30 so maybe 50 is a ways off who knows we're gonna hit 50 before this podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah our 50th birthday It'll be one a year from here on out listeners thank you so much uh, like I said last time and, and I'm just saying it to say it keep wearing a mask keep washing your hands don't go to bars don't go to beaches uh, social distance all that because uh, I'm seeing people post on social media them just hanging out with their friends not social distancing which is stupid uh, this is a pandemic you fools yeah